Lord, we just uh, we come before you. We thank you for this servant. We thank you for his heart. We thank you for his uh, lovingness inside of him. How, how, how awesome he is at discipling so many people here. Such a heart of discipleship and such a heart to love on people. And Lord, I pray that our hearts would just be open, that Josh's mind would be loosed and his tongue would be loosed to just convey what you have been showing him in the throne room of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Here you go, bro. Thank you. Man, I love it when Dave prays for me. <laughs> Zeke, I, I don't project very well, so you may need to turn it up a little bit. Um, first of all, I just need to give some honor to Ruth. She has uh, been an integral, an integral role in, in Laura and my life, but specifically, guys, it's amazing. We're going to have a conference here that's called Cultivate Hope at a church that's called Bristol. Oh, I don't know if you guys see the power in that, but there's some major spiritual partnership going on. And um, like Dave said, if, if you're feeling if you're feeling led to be a part of this this conference, um, please definitely come to him and, and talk. And, and Ruth has has given us a special deal of eighty five dollars, which is amazing. And if you need if you need help, please come to Dave and and talk to him. So. Um, yeah, so today we're going to talk about a topic that's near and dear to my heart, which, like, I'm saying heart sick. The scripture says, <laughs> hope deferred makes the heart sick. And as I was meditating on that scripture, I was like, you know, heart sick is a thing. You know, like, I know it says makes the heart sick, but that's a thing. That's a thing that happens um, to us oftentimes. And I just, you know, you guys know I'm, I'm into seeing you transformed into the image of God and, 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 the, and the fullness of that is um, body, soul, mind, um, and emotions. And so that's, that's, that's what the, the heart is of this. So I'd like to start by sharing probably one of my most favorite scriptures and it's found in Philippians 4 and it says this, whatever is false, whatever is hateful, whatever is unjust, whatever is vulgar, whatever is vile, whatever is the latest evil thing on the news, if there are any failures, if there is anything that you've been disappointed by, dwell on these things. <laughs> Just waiting for people to catch up. Wow. The things you've learned and received and heard and seen on TV and movies or social media, practice these things. And you'll be sure to be tormented in your mind and fall into fear and despair. Is that the scripture? There's some changes I made to it. <laughs> Only if I'm proving a point. <laughs> but we'll get to the real scripture later today. But oftentimes, this is these are the things that we unknowingly focus on. That's right. Guys, 300, 322 million people worldwide are depressed. Yeah. That's a lot of people. In the U.S. alone, anxiety is affecting about 40 million of us adults 18 years and older. That's about, it's almost 20% of the population. It's like 18%. It's a problem. Amen. It's a serious problem. You know, so I made light of, I made a little, I made a light of this scripture here, right? Like, why did I do that? Sometimes when you think about something in the opposite sense, it gives you a better understanding of what you're actually supposed to do. <clears throat> 
But seriously though, I have, I have some serious experience with depression and anxiety. If you don't believe me, I say this often, but talk to my wife. I would wake up for much of our marriage, we've been married going on 10 years now. For much of our marriage, I woke up every day with anxiety um, and depression. And to the point where it was really taking a toll on our marriage. Um, you know, I would deal with thinking about things like finances, relationships, job performance. Am I going to have enough? I would deal with more existential questions like, am I good enough? Does God love me? What do I need to do to be a better person? These kind of, basically, I spent most of my life waiting for the bottom to drop out of my life. I have good reason to do that because I had an experience where my life changed overnight. So, so I had a traumatic experience where my father committed suicide one day. I woke up the next day and uh, found out that I don't have a father anymore. It was pretty traumatic. So as you can, as you can see, like that can do something to a person where <clears throat> essentially you start to expect negative things to happen or you begin to wait for that negative thing to happen because it imprints on your emotions, that it prints on your soul. And so, I don't make light of depression or anxiety because I've walked through it. Praise God, I'm, I'm a different person now. Amen. Praise God, I, I don't deal with anxiety every day. I don't deal with depression on a regular basis. I don't, and, 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 I, and I think that part of what I'm gonna share today is, is gonna be some of the stuff that's worked for me, that is based in scripture, that has enabled me to overcome depression. Now, it's much easier to not get into a place of despair. It's much easier to not be depressed. And so what I would like to focus on really today is what are the keys, that, what are the things that we need to focus on that, that will keep our hearts in a place of um, joy, essentially, right? Amen. So back to despair, this idea of despair. As I was listening to, um, I was listening, but as I was meditating on like, like, what do you want me to talk about, Lord? What, you know, and, and it was clear, like, he's like depression. Like, it's, it doesn't always happen where he just speaks a very clear word, but he was like depression. And then, as I was brainstorming and as I was thinking, I was like, Lord, well, I could look up the definition of depression. Like, I, I could see what the world says depression is, but what do you say depression is? And, and Strangely enough, he gave me this image of a tooth abscess. Don't know if any of you know what a tooth abscess is or have experienced a tooth abscess. Everybody that is my friends do not laugh at me right now. As I was thinking, what is depression, God? What is despair? Yeah. This is the picture that I, it's not the exact picture that I saw, but this is, this is it. It's like, he showed me a tooth abscess. So what is an abscess? It's, a, it's a, basically an area where tissue is inflamed. There's a bacterial infection that gets inside of your tooth. And as you can see, it travels through your tooth and it gets to the root of your tooth, where it then begins to cause some serious problems. Eventually, it causes serious pain. It becomes dangerous to the health of your entire body. People die from this um, if untreated. In the same way that an abscess occurs, I believe we become depressed because we often allow ourselves to be infected by unprocessed troubles, tragedies, and traumas, and serious offenses, and eventually those things fester. 
So what do I, what do I believe? I believe that depression is the result of despair that affects the whole body, the whole person. It is despair that affects the whole person, the mind, will, emotions, and the physical body. Serious stuff. This is serious stuff. Depression is no joke. Despair is no joke. But thankfully, as believers, we have permission to hope in the face of these things. We have permission right. to actually have hope. And, and it's amazing. It's amazing because like God basically is preaching my sermon for me through the worship set, through, through everything that we did. It's an example of what, what I'm actually going to tell you that you need to begin to do to keep your heart in a place of joy and to, to overcome depression. So, um, and as I was thinking about this, this message, I was thinking, who, who in the Bible could I talk about? And an unlikely character came to my mind, and that would be Elijah, the prophet Elijah. He was a prophet during the time of uh, Ahab and Jezebel. Ahab and Jezebel um, essentially boiled it down really simply. Uh, Jezebel uh, was a Canaanite woman that married an Israelite king, and she brought about the worship of a false god called Baal, or how do you say? Baal. Baal. <laughs> I gotta consult my Hebrew specialist. So let's go through this very quickly. This is a quick, really quick overview of Elijah. So God sends Elijah to Ahab two times. The first time he says, God says it's going to be a drought in Israel because you're worshiping another God. And then he goes off for three years and then Elijah comes back and he says, God said, I'm going to take away the drought, but I'm going to I have to challenge the uh, prophets of Baal to a contest to decide who is the real God. Needless to say, Elijah wins that contest. Fire comes down on the altar, and he then goes and kills the prophets of Baal. But this is the reason that I want to talk to you about Elijah, is that Elijah did suffer some form of depression or despair. We don't necessarily know that it's, it's, uh, it's caused by... Um, <clears throat> one thing or another, but what we what, what we can tell is after Elijah was threatened, uh, no, after Elijah defeated the prophets of Baal, he was threatened by Jezebel. Now Jezebel said, basically, I'm going to make you like one of those prophets that you killed if, by tomorrow. And Elijah fled to the desert, and he um, ended up falling asleep under a tree. And this is where we pick up the story of Elijah. So I'd like to read to you um, from 1 Kings 19, and this says, um, Now Ahab told Jezebel everything that Elijah had done, and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a message to Elijah, saying, May the gods deal with me, and ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like the lives of those you killed. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. And while he himself traveled on a day's journey into the wilderness, he sat down under a broom tree and prayed that he might die. So he was, he was in despair, we would say. He was depressed. He, he, said, he said, I have had enough, Lord. Take my life. Then he lay down under the broom tree and fell asleep. Now suddenly an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. 
And he looked around, and, and there, by his head, was a cake of bread over hot coals and a jar of water. So he ate, and he drank. And then again he fell asleep, and then a second time the angel of the Lord returned and touched him, saying, Get up and eat, for the journey will be too much for you. So it's assumed he's saying, You need energy. Get up and eat. You need energy for the journey ahead. So he got up and ate and drank, and, and then strengthened by that food, he walked 40 days and 40 nights until he reached the mountain of God. So what's my point here? Why are we looking at Elijah? I mean, this guy should be a guy like filled with faith. He saw more miracles, brought, brought somebody back from the dead. Um, there was a miracle of um, basically supernatural provision that he was a part of. So why is this guy running? Why is he depressed? What's going on here? And what can we learn from him just in this little snippet here? And essentially what we can learn is, is Elijah chose to put inside of himself exactly what God gave him. So the angel comes supernaturally. There's bread. There's, there's food there. There's sustenance there. And so I think what we can, what we can learn from that is that one version of that says that strengthened by that meal, Elijah went, and then he walked for 40 days, 40 days and 40 nights. So, like Elijah, we must choose to feed ourselves good and godly things so we are strengthened. So I want to talk a little bit about overcoming anxiety and despair. And to me, it's really a focus problem. Because what you know, I did a message a few weeks back, a few weeks back about what you value, you have access to, or, and then along with that is what you focus on gets bigger. And so, really, in many ways, what you're focusing on has the potential to change your mood. Um, so the question is, what are we placing our focus on? Well, I can tell you that uh, King David had said this about despair. I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Amen. So I would have despaired if I would not have believed that I would see what? God's goodness. So I think many of us, <clears throat> we have a tendency to allow circumstances in life to take our focus negative circumstances in life. And rightly so, some of these are traumatic events that we just don't know how to process. Like like when I was 15 and my father passed away because of suicide, I didn't really know what to do, and so I ended up needing to talk to a counselor. Like I actually needed to process that out. Um, but I think a there's a tendency when you don't process those, those things that are traumatic, things that happen to you, they get stuck inside you, and that's, that's the idea of that image of an abscess in a tooth. So the idea is that the despair is literally stuck inside of you and it starts to poison you. It starts to reach not only your mind, not only your will, not only your emotions, but then it reaches your physical body. You know, some of the symptoms of depression are just like physical pain, you don't know why. Some of the symptoms of depression are, I can't get, I don't, can't, don't feel like I have strength. You can't get out of bed, and to me, what the Lord is saying is that is that is despair that has taken over the whole body. But praise the Lord, there's there's some things that we can do, not just some things, but 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 real things that we can do 
to overcome despair and depression. And it'd probably be one of the hard things. I don't know if anybody's depressed in here. I don't know if anybody's dealing with despair. I mean, I think we all do at some time in our lives. But I can tell you, it's one of the one of the toughest fights to, to actually have to fight this overwhelming feeling of like, oh, I just can't get out of bed or I just can't move. And that's why it's much easier to focus now while you're feeling good, learn to focus, learn to feed yourself the things that are good from God now so that when some kind of despair or some kind of trauma or some kind of tragic situation happens, you're ready to go, you know? And um, that's really... Just an, it's an important thing to know here. So, okay, so as I was saying, what we focus on is extremely important. What we focus on, we connect to. What we focus on uh, gets bigger. What we focus on takes our attention. Um, and uh, it's actually widely known that depression's not, depression is not necessarily an inherent consequence of negative Life events, research is suggesting that it's only when those events set about an excessive, um, essentially, rumination and negative thought patterns, especially about yourself, is that's when your mood starts to enter a downward spiral. So that's, that's, that's scientific research. Cutting edge stuff is saying, basically, the more you think about bad things, the more your mood's going to decline, and the more that you're you're going to, so the more you think some way, the more you're going to think that way even exponentially. Amen. So if you keep focusing on the negative situation, the bad thing that's happened, the, the place where you were violated, the thing that offended you, um, if you, it develops a pattern in your, in your thoughts where you're like, you can't almost, you, you feel like you can't think a different way. So you have to start to practice a different way of thinking. So I want to take us to Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas have a, an interesting thing where they were set free from prison supernaturally. And the, the, the quick story is that they cast a demon out of a woman who was oppressed by a demon. She was a slave girl and the owners didn't like that. They weren't gonna be able to make money off of her. And they got beaten in public and then they got thrown in jail. And so then we find themselves, they find them in jail, but what are they doing? Yeah. They're singing. They're worshiping. They actually are singing and worshiping so much that they have the attention of the other guys that are in the jail. It says that the people in the jail were listening to their worship. And so then what happened? An angel shows up, right? Or the, 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 jail, is, the jail is shaken and they're, they're set free. They're set free, right? So well, what were they focusing on? Were they focusing on, man, I just got the beat out of me? Like, I'm sure that was painful. It says they were beaten with rods. Wow. Unjustly beaten because they're Roman citizens. They're not allowed to be, they're not allowed to, that's not supposed to happen to them. So there was a huge injustice, injustice that was done to them. Were they focusing on the injustice? No, no. Were they focusing on their pain? No, no. What were they focusing on? I like to think they were focusing on the goodness of God. I like to think that they were they were declaring, just like we did earlier today, like I told you, worship preached my sermon for me. I don't, I'm only up here just because I'm supposed to be at this point. 
Focus is important, guys. Amen. It's really important. It's more important than we realize. What we, what we feed ourselves is really important. Amen. In this day and age of Netflix and social media, and Facebook and Instagram and, and all these opportunities to compare ourselves to other people at their best, while we look at these pictures, we're like, wow, your life is amazing. Well, no, maybe it's not amazing, but they're just showing you the best. You know, you're not had so so we spend time comparing ourselves to someone else's like trip that they saved up, you know, two years to go and climb a mountain or something like that. And we're like, well, how come I'm not climbing the well, how come you're focusing on yourself? Amen. <laughs> Why are you focusing on what other people are doing? Amen. If it's it's if it's making you feel bad, if it's causing you to your mood to decline, what's the point? You know, so, just saying. So listen, we get to choose what we meditate and focus on. Amen. We get to choose what we dwell on, and focus has consequences. It can produce hope or it can produce hopelessness. Amen. It really can. And listen, I have complete compassion. If you're feeling depressed and in despair and hopeless, I have complete compassion. I'm not saying that this is an easy thing for you to do in that moment, but it is your choice and it is your responsibility. It's actually irresponsible for your own heart. If you guys remember um, a few weeks ago, um, Jose Diaz, Dave's brother-in-law, came and he was preaching on how to keep a tender heart. And one of the things that he said that really impacted me was that, hey guys, you are responsible for your heart. Amen. No one else is responsible for your heart. Dave's not responsible for your heart. I'm not responsible for your heart. Your spouse is not responsible for your heart. The President of the United States is not responsible for your heart. Amen. You are responsible for your heart. So we need to take responsibility. If we're feeling, if, if we're feeding ourselves negative things, like I said, like back to the very beginning, are you focusing on things that are vile? Are you focusing on your disappointments? Are you focusing on where you were wrong? Are you focusing on, um, you know, the, late, the, the latest news cycle? Listen, that's my problem, I'll be honest with you. I watch too much news. <laughs> I, I think I know too much about everybody, you know, all this stuff that's going on, but, you know, they say that people who tend to pick up big, um, I don't, know, I don't want to say social justice movement, but when you like when you pick up big external problems, oftentimes those people that are picking up and get the most passionate about big external problems are the ones that the most need to deal with what's going on inside of them. Amen. And it's really just ends up being a distraction. So I'm not knocking like doing good things. What I'm saying is if you haven't gotten your own house in order, if your soul, mind, will, emotions is out of order, and you're focused up on you know, the latest news cycle thing, the biggest problem that's happening, and like, how can I fix that? But you're in, your own house is not in order. How can you even be trusted to fix the problem? Amen. If your house is out of order, I mean, Jesus did address this in some ways. He's like, get the log out of your own eye before you address them. Amen. You know, or get this, yeah, the splinter out of your own eye before you get the log out of the eye of your, your, your neighbor. And, um, so again, like I just want to reiterate, this is, um, it is, I am responsible for me. I'm responsible for me, I'm not responsible for you. I'm responsible for my heart, just as you're responsible for your heart. So, all that to say, I basically proved to you like really good, like, 
Depression is a problem, guys. Despair is a real problem. And I think that it has to do with, it has to do with what we're focusing on. We need to stop focusing on external problems and, and not dwell on our internal problems, but we need to be aware of like, hey, what's out of order in my house? And let's address this. Let's invite God in to address these problems. So let's, let's actually, let's, let me actually share with you what my, what my favorite verse actually does say. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God will surpass all comprehension. Will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And it goes on to say, finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, there's anything that is excellent, if anything is worthy of praise, that's what you're supposed to dwell on. Amen. The things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Mm. So do you see why I started with the antithesis, with the anti-scripture there? Yes. Okay, look, I'm not going to hell because I changed the scripture to prove a point. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll see. You're not going to send me to hell, but no. <laughs> I might send myself to hell. Um, so what's my point, guys? Like, yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's worship team. Anybody? Mario. Mario's on. Are you on worship? Come on up. Oh, baby duty. Mary's on baby duty. <laughs> Sometimes you just need a little bit of backup music. Bring the baby. It's not music though. It's worship. It's <laughs> Mike knows. One day Mike will be up here. He'll be asking for backup music too. The focus is the key. As I'm telling you, focus is the key. What must we focus on? Guys, this came right out of the scripture I just read to you. Thankfulness or gratitude. That's a key. Praise and rejoicing, that's a key. That's actually what we did for the first, I would say, 45 minutes of, you know, not, not whenever, whenever Dave got up there, it's like, hey, let's declare who God is, that's praise. You did it out loud, that's what, that's, you're like, you're already ahead of the game, guys. <laughs> you're already ahead of the game. Truth and renewing your mind is the next key. And so let's break it down. I'm a tools guy, regardless of how Eloquently, I said what I wanted to say before. This is the meat of the message. This is the most important thing. If you're going to take away something, take away this. Feel free to take pictures if you want. I did spend a couple of hours on these slides. So. Really? I thought Dave did it for you. No. Oh, I do Dave's slides, too. And he's thankful, right? He's super thankful. Right, so guys, how do we become thankful? I want to I want to share something that I can't tell you where I heard it, but it was a time where I was like seriously depressed. I was seriously I was I remember where I was when I read this saying. I was upstairs at this printing company where I used to work. I was upstairs uh, uh, printing out uh, the metals, the metal um, slides that they would put onto the printer to, to do offset printing. I was in this room, and it's a dark room, and 
just the smell, there's ink, the smell of ink in the air and things like that. And I was reading something and someone said, a thankful heart cannot be in despair. And you want to know why a thankful heart can't be in despair? Because they actually, those two things can't exist in the same place. Amen. So when I say be thankful, I mean, if you're, if you're hurting, if you're in despair, if you're depressed, if you're feeling bad, like, you got to find something to be thankful for. And if nothing else, you can be thankful for the fact that you're saved into eternal life with a God that loves you. So that's one of the cool things as Christians is we have this, like, external overriding hope that maybe some other people wouldn't necessarily have. It's we, we have a God that loves us. We have a Savior who saved us. We have a father that's a good father, that, that even if we grew up with a father that didn't display the tendencies of a good father, or abused us, or did uh, was unsafe, like we have a God that is none of those things. Amen. We have a God that is safe. We have a God that does care for us. We have a God that is provider. As, as, as displayed by all the testimonies today. Yeah. You know, Grandma Debbie was on the street and she's not anymore. She used to hate herself and she doesn't anymore. That's a big deal, guys. She's got a lot to be thankful for. So I want to encourage you to set times during the day to be thankful. I do it as soon as my eyes open. I don't even get out of bed. I just start, in my mind, I start to thank God. If Laura wasn't there, I would say it out loud, but I don't want to wake her up. She'd be like, why are you mumbling to yourself? <laughs> this is a tough one, but we need to learn to be thankful in good and bad situations. It sounds funny to be thankful in a bad situation, but you could, it, it could be like something like, I just got into an accident, Lord, thank you that I didn't die. Thank you that you protected me. Thank you that you protected other people. So the next one is like, actually be thankful for good things that happen right. for other people. Yeah. Dave called me, or I was talking to Dave on Saturday night through text message. And I was like, what's going on, man? And he's like, bro, I just had this like amazing time with my family, my extended family that I haven't seen in years. And you want to know something? My heart was like, my heart inside me leapt. Because you know, there's hard stuff that goes on in, in, in Dave's life, in my life, and other people's lives, right? And like, I know stuff that hurts his heart. When he was like, oh, my heart feels great right now. I'm so blessed. It's like, thank you, Lord, that that's happening for him. Now, if I was to think about it, I could have said, well, how come he got that? God, why did you give that to him? I deserve something like that too, don't I? That's the difference between an orphan mindset and a sonship mindset. There is no lack in God's kingdom. If God's going to do it for Dave, he's going to do it, do the same thing for me, the same thing for you, the same thing for anybody that comes to him. So we can genuinely, these are tools to like, get your focus off of yourself, get your focus onto God, get your focus onto his goodness. Is the next tool it comes right from scripture. We can focus on the qualities of God, we can say them out loud, which we did this. So it's I don't even really need to go into this, guys. You all did this today during worship. 
provides for me. Right? These are simple acts of rejoicing that will take your focus off of yourself and your problems and put them put your focus where it most will most bring fruit.
let's just like, would you bow your heads with me for a second? Holy Spirit, come. in despair here. Every yes. mind and will and emotion that's in yes. despair here. Every body that's suffering from the effects of despair, God. You say that you're God. You're good. Into the cells of their being, into the cells of their their physical bodies, we say you're good. I bless your bodies with the ability to respond to the word of God. I bless your mind and your will and emotions to respond to the word of God. Holy Spirit, come. So guys, um, we're going to worship for a while, I think. I think we still have some time. I want to open up the altars to, to come up and come up wherever you're comfortable and, and like, we'll pray for you, but this is between you and God. Thing. This is between like receiving God's love kind of Clap it up for Josh. It's a good word, man. Very good word. As Josh was teaching, I'm just reminded of David who says that uh, even if I make my bed in the belly of the earth, right, even in Shul, the presence of God is there with me. We go through hard times, and sometimes there's obviously sadness and there's mourning, but there's a natural process to be there, but it's not a natural process to stay there, right? Deuteronomy chapter 30 says this, I call heaven and earth as witness today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. So I just want to pray that over us as we just end service. Obviously, feel free to stay here in the, in the presence, but we'll have some refreshments and coffee downstairs. Why don't we just stand? I just want to pray that over you. Pray that over the church. Father, we acknowledge the realities of being a human. For even Jesus, the Son of Man, the Son of God, had moments of seeming despair when he actually even bled or sweat blood, right? It wasn't just a necessary despair, but there was an angst and a place there. go through that. We go through that morning time. We go through that tough time. But Lord, we know that when we go down to the abyss, that we're able to ascend out of the abyss through the power of the gospel and the power of your blood. And Father, I pray over us that when we are in these places and our mind wants to go there in the morning or at night, and our mind wants to go there when we're interacting with someone, we, we could get into an argument or we could not get into the argument. Lord, when our mind and our spirits get there, when we're having that eternal, internal dialogue, that we could hear the words of Deuteronomy. You have a choice. You have a choice to, to, to cave and to listen to those voices of despair. Or you can choose and listen to the voice of life, the power of the gospel, that you're not identified as Paul and Silas were not identified as being in a jail. They were sent into heavenly places and they worshiped and the chains were broken and the doors were proclaimed down and they were able to walk in freedom. So Father, I pray that we, when, we, when, we are, when our minds want to get to that place, 
of despair, that we can set our minds in heavenly places and know that we get to choose life. And when we choose life, the chains are broken. When we choose life and declare praises to the King of Kings, oh, jail cells are broken. Amen. Prisons are broken. Amen. And mankind is able to walk in freedom. That's right. It comes down to what you choose. When you choose for your mind to go. So let us choose hope. Let us choose optimism. Let us choose mercy. Let us choose grace. Let us choose being the identity of sons and daughters. Let us choose the inheritance of Ephesians. It says we're seated in heavenly places. Let us choose life. Amen. The Lamb of God who was slain to give us not just life, but life abundantly. Amen. We sort of encourage you all. Obviously, about Josh that's down here. He was just preaching that. So there's that anointing that's on him. When you come on down, Josh, I'll be here as well. And if you just need to be set free from that despair, not even just in the despair, but if you need to be set free from constantly choosing the place of death opposed to the place of life, we just come on down, we're just going to release you. We're going to release you from that prison of a way of thinking that you've been doing, maybe for, for decades, but even more powerfully, maybe even for generations, that for generations in your family line, they just kept choosing death, they kept choosing death. We just want to break that off of you right now in Jesus' name. So feel free to come down as, as Mario worships. Have a wonderful week. And I hope to see you downstairs over some coffee and, and some food. Blessings.